oh God. I've come in the volume of the book. It was written about me to do your will, oh God. I will do your will, do your will, do your will, oh God. I will do your will, oh my God, your will, do your will, oh God. Say not. Lord of hosts, Good evening, family. I hope you are well. I hope you're doing well. This is day four of our prayer and fasting journey, consecration journey. And we've started in one spirit by speaking in tongues. I just want to read. Um, a chapter before we do that and then we're going to go on to exalt the most high god amen amen, amen. it says in 
Acts 2 4 it says and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance when we begin to speak in tongues we no longer walk in flesh but we walk in the Spirit of God we position ourselves in the Spirit of God to give him utterance so it's no longer us speaking but him speaking and there's a scripture in the Bible that says let your will be done putting yourself in a position to allow the Holy Spirit to take over is allowing God's will to be done. And this evening, as we position ourselves, I want us to begin to speak in tongues, to give the Holy Spirit right of way. So can we do that for the next couple of minutes? Oftentimes we start with prayer and thanksgiving, but this is no different. And this evening, would you stir up your most holy faith and allow the spirit of the most high God to give you utterance? And it says, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues. There is something that he would want to share with us this evening. The Bible says in John 16, 12, it says, I have much to say to you but you cannot bear them now. But when he, the Holy Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into whole truth and he will speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is to come. There is a positioning that you have to place yourself in the spirit that allows him to tell you what you are not able yet to bear. For the one who speaks in a tongue, eh, not to men but to God, eh, for no one understands him but the utters. He utters mysteries in the spirit. Can we utter mysteries in the spirit this evening? And stir up our most holy faith. For there are things that he longs to share with us, but we cannot yet bear them. But when the Spirit positioned us in that place, the Spirit will reveal mysteries. Father, we exalt you in this place. Your, Bible, your word says that blessed are those you pour and bring near to live in your courts. We are filled with good things of your house and your holy temple. Father, would you, coach, would you cause us to approach your most inner courts as we utter prayers, thanksgiving and praise to you, O oh God. God, as we position ourselves for the spirits to take over, would you cause us to approach your throne this evening? Father, we exalt you. Father, we give you glory. We give you honor. We stir up our most holy faith to see that which you have to say. We position ourselves. 
Father, you are worthy. Father, you are holy. We exalt your name. We give you the praise. For there is no one like you, mighty God, King of kings and Lord of lords, who is like unto our God. Father, who can do what you do? But when you speak a word, it surely comes to pass. Your word does not fall by the wayside, but your word breeds life. Father, we have come to meet you, such a God that is able to do, to will, and to cause for your good pleasure. Father, we exalt you this evening, and we say, hallowed be thy name. Hallowed be thy name, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the highest jurisdiction. You are Yahweh. Yahweh you are. And the one who spoke to Abraham. And catch your promise. The one who brought the one who brought fresh life into us, oh God. Father, you do not sleep nor slumber. Your word is yea and amen. Have you spoken a word and have not seen it? To make sure it comes to pass. Oh, you are the one true living God. Every other God is sinking stand. You are the one we run to in the midst of praise and calamity. You are the great and terrible God. You are a sufficient one. You sustain, you keep. Who longs for his people to dwell at his the lion of the tribe of Judah, the author and the finisher of our faith, the author and the finisher of kingdom culture, the author and the finisher of our lives. You are Yahweh, you are God, and we will worship you, we will praise you, we will give you that which you deserve, for you deserve the glory, you deserve the honor. What shall we render to you, O God, this evening? What shall we render to you, O God, this evening? What can we offer to a God that created heaven and earth, if not our praise and our worship? We do not do this for man or to see what man has to say, but we do it because you deserve the praise and the glory. He is a covenant-keeping God. He keeps his promises. He does not 
Praise the Lord, for it is his great pleasure. For he requires praise. Hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. Oh Lord, our God, we worship you. We exalt you. The one who breathes breath to our lungs. The one who watches tiresly to ensure that his word is being manifested here on earth. We are your people. We are your vessels. Father, we come back to you this evening. And we return the praise and the glory over to you. For blessed are those you pause and bring near to live in your hearts. Father, we have approached the innermost spots this evening, and we dwell and we long to live in your hearts. To see that which you have to say by time and per season. See that which you have to say per season, but there are things you long to share with your people. There are things that you have hidden in the secret place, but we will put them up on that we will preach the hearts and live presence. We will be the people that goes the extra mile to see God which you are saying. We will be the people that are hungry and thirsty for the living God. Oh, 
Hallelujah. Amen. God, we give you praise. Tonight we acknowledge that we have come to the foot of your throne and to the throne of your grace. Administrate your will tonight in this gathering. Let there be manifestations of your kingdom. Let the sick be healed. Let the afflicted be set free. Let Amen. the confused receive direction. Amen. Let men migrate into the economy of your Amen. agenda tonight. Amen. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory now and forever. Father, speak tonight clearly. 
And as we speak, hear us from heaven. And as you hear, cause transactions and covenants to be established in the earth. To you we give all the praise and all the glory. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Somebody clap your hands and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Amen and amen. Welcome everybody to night four of the week of apostolic emphasis on one hand and on hold on one second just give me a quick second so night four the week of apostolic emphasis on one hand and on the other hand it is also our weekly uh wednesday gathering called the quorum and so we're four days deep into this seven day journey and like i said we, the wise ones among us will not stop fasting and praying because the seven days are over. This is just us setting the pace. Amen. Uh, but we, we expect those of you who are sensitive and who are taking on board all that has been shared in this period to understand that even when the corporate fasting ends, that it is a time to go into the presence of the Lord, to find your own proceeding word, find your own grace to fulfill that proceeding word and to do business in deep waters to command your morning so that as you go into the rest of the year it falls nicely into place welcome to everybody on zoom how you're doing on zoom let the people on youtube know that there is something going on on zoom come on give the lord a shout of praise yes hallelujah we are lit, we are lit. amen you are lit right tony tony i miss you you know uh but that's know, between you so and me. if you same. tell anybody i'll deny it it feels a bit strange though, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Say that again. It feels a bit strange though, you know, not in the, you know, the news or I know, settings. I know, but I it's know, okay. I know. It's all good. I know. I know. We'll be back together. For those of you who don't realize, we're all working from home for hopefully nothing more than a few weeks uh, while we uh, hopefully uh, get the keys to a place that we've applied for to be our new embassy base. Uh, and once that happens, Tony and I will go back to seeing each other every single day. Well, almost every single day. But in the interim, uh, we are resigned to meeting on Zoom and YouTube. So there's our, there's our Zoom family or some of our Zoom family. Good to see you guys. And for those of you on YouTube as well, it's awesome. Uh, we are, when we do consecration journeys, we run them. We run a prayer room through Zoom because we want to hear each other pray. Amen. We, we believe that there is something about prayer that helps helps is the wrong word there's something about prayer that is more effective when we can all be in the same space we all experiencing the same atmosphere as each other but everybody else is welcome to join us by youtube that's fine and today being a quorum uh for those of you who are not aware if you joined us online over the course of the last week by the way you know part of being an online community is you don't get to see or community that meets online is that you don't get to see newcomers in the flesh and so for those of you who found us over the last few weeks especially if you found us or you joined this community this year uh, you are welcome somebody welcome them can we give them a round or can we give god a round of applause for them come on somebody uh, we are excited to have you um you are special to us 
we look forward to seeing you in person soon we have several expressions by which you can connect with us in person one of them is this saturday in this in the town of hollow we're gathering for 12 hours of prayer as we bring this seven day journey to an end can i get a witness and so if you want to see what everybody well not everybody but if you want to see what some of us look like if you want to see what i look like in the in the flesh then you can come down uh but hopefully you're coming not to see what anybody looks like you're coming to do business with god in deep waters don't forget this year 2023 is our year of government governance and governing it's also a year the lord spoke to us of recompense and restoration and so everything we do in teaching and in prayer in this first month of the year is designed <coughs> excuse me to set a course uh, for that agenda and god will help us and give us grace as we do that by his spirit in the precious name of jesus somebody give him a round of praise one more time if you are in the house okay one second it's all good so Let's get to the word of the Lord tonight. Tonight being a courtroom, there'll be a little bit more teaching, but we will still pray. Um, there's something on my heart that I feel led to share with us. Um, good to see you, Monsieur Delaros. Yep, keyboard shout. Amen. God's grace and peace with eloquence and power and revelation. Man, that's, that's a prayer and three halves, and I receive that uh, in the name of Jesus. So, Father, I just offer myself to you as a living sacrifice tonight. Thank you for strengthening and empowering me to deliver your oracle. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Get your Bibles out to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. When you're there, shout, I am dear. Matthew chapter 16. And by the way, uh, we are moving along nicely in our corporate family Bible study plans. One is for 180 days, one is for the whole year. So whatever kind of speed you move at, there's one for you. We're running them on the Bible app or the Version Bible app or site. Uh, if you want to get added to our family community, uh, where there's a lot of banter there's a fasting period so there's not as much banter in general because we're all deepened in the spirit but usually the group is good for a good laugh we love each other we say hello to each other uh, we check on each other on birthdays there's an outpouring of love and it's just uh, a further inward concentric circle in the community that is kingdom culture especially for those of us here in the uk uh, you can write into contact at kculture.org to be added to that promptly and you'll also get a journey on the bible study plan with us Alrighty, matthew chapter 16. if you're there say i'm there i'm there, I'm there. awesome jeremy if you're not there say i'm too slow Okay, so nobody wants to be too slow. That's good. <laughs> that is good. Awesome. Cool. 
Christy, does he know how to do it? If not, can you just quickly do it for me quickly, please? Uh, while we move on. A contact email. Well, let's not have a conversation on camera. Uh, I need it done quickly, so. Can somebody just step in and do it for me quickly? Thank you. Awesome. Whew. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Matthew chapter 16. Now the Bible says that when Jesus came into the coasts of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, whom do men say that I, the son of man am? And they said, some say you are John the Baptist, some Elias, others Jeremiah's or one of the prophets Jesus then says this is my paraphrase okay now who do you say that I am Simon Peter answered and said thou art the Christ the son of the living God Jesus answered and said unto him blessed art thou Simon Barjona for flesh and blood has not revealed it unto you, but my Father, which is in heaven. And I say also unto you, thou art Peter. Now, look at my hands as I say this. Put me on the screen. I want them to see me fully as I say this. There's some body language I want to communicate. Thou art Peter. And upon this rock right thou art Peter but upon this rock he's not pointing at the same direction I'll show you in a second upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it and when I have done that I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven the lord bless the reading of his word in jesus name amen let's get to the word of the lord tonight so I have alluded in the last few days as we've been praying and studying the word about the concept of this being a season where the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In essence, the father by his good pleasure has chosen this to be a season where he wants to manifest through many of us what it looks like when heaven rules. The kingdom of heaven is not talking about the jurisdiction heaven controls per se. It's talking about heaven's authority over a jurisdiction. In essence, the kingdom of heaven means what it looks like when heaven has control or the ability of a human to wield heaven's control. So when the father talks about giving us the kingdom, he means he's going to give us the authority to demonstrate and administrate what heaven looks like when it's in charge. This is a year of government where sons are going to be raised. Children have been born, but sons will be given to every society, every region, every industry, and every facet of what God has to do in the earth. And so, as I was preparing for today, this afternoon, by the way, um, quote and unquote, the angels say hello. They're still there. I checked. 
Um, they, they they made a wellness check. Let's put it that way. This afternoon for a little while, uh, I was I was not in the greatest of head spaces. My wife was like, "What's wrong with you?" I said, "Just leave me alone with God. I'll fix myself." And literally, as I was there, uh, I had another encounter. And so, um, I I know on good authority that this season is not a flash in the pan. There is something that heaven is releasing and revealing, and I'm excited to see it manifest. Uh, and they seem to be interested in this season in talking about you. And I repeat, they seem to be interested in this season in talking about you. Okay, quick one. Uh, for those in my household, uh, I know you might be on multiple devices, but the internet is not necessarily built to handle all that. So maybe all of you gather together in one room and use one device so that we don't have a problem with the connection. Love you all. AKA daddy, baby, husband, whatever. Alrighty. So as we began to have a conversation from yesterday to today about what this season will entail, I realized that my curriculum will need to adjust a little bit. Now we had planned to start the year with a 12 week curriculum about what it means to build an apostolic house. And then I felt let's take January and just set a foundation in how to deal with beginnings. But apparently that <clears throat> curriculum is expedient. And so see today as a, a snapshot from that apostolic ministry curriculum. All right. Those of you on Zoom, you might want to come off mute for tonight or maybe even just migrate to YouTube for now till it's time to pray at the end. So there's no issues and you can hear me clearly because this is important. I am going to be teaching a little bit tonight, a little bit more tonight than the last few nights. So if you want to move over from Zoom to YouTube, that's fine. If not, please be on um, be on mute so that there is no distraction and no frustration. Are you with me? So Jesus says in Matthew 16, it starts by him asking a question. Um, guys, I'm, I'm okay. That's fine. It starts by him asking a question. He says, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? And that's what you were taught in Sunday school. But what you probably did not get taught in Sunday school is that there is an entire segment to this understanding that is captured in those first nine words. When Jesus came into the coasts, of Caesarea Philippi. Nine words. If you don't understand what those nine words mean, the entire rest of this passage is meaningless. And I'm going to try and talk slowly tonight because I want you to get this. This is, in a previous season, what I would have taught in a ministry class. However, in the days in which we live, Every believer is designed to be a son that can govern. And so I am taking you into deep waters tonight because you are going to need those deep waters to function for God in this season. I repeat, those first nine words are crucial to the understanding of everything that follows. If you don't understand that first phrase, 
nine words when in a sense this happened at a specific time in this specific time a man called jesus came into he entered meaning he was not there before the coast meaning he might not have been at the center but he was in the region called caesarea philippi it was there that he asks a question and everything carries on and so the first part you must understand is what caesarea philippi is now i've taught this to some of you before so if you're listening to this and you've you've heard me teach this before at the beginning just see this as a revision class we'll get to some stuff i probably didn't deal with caesarea philippi is a region in ancient israel unlike constantine's mother would like to have us believe it is not the place called philippi it is not the same place as paul writes to in the epistle to the philippians caesarea philippi is well known to the ancient and modern hebrew and you may know it by its other name its other name is the name bashan somebody write bashan b-a-s-h-a-n b-a-s-h somebody put that on the screen for me if you could gerald b-a-s-h-a-n and oh by the way tonight i have two co-pilots minister chrissy and minister gerald and to both of you i say thank you very much for being here b-a-s-h-a-n b-a-s-h-a-n bashan can we put that up on the screen? Caesarea Philippi equals Bashan. Now, if I had more time, if this was a, uh, a Bible college class, I would show you that throughout scripture. But I'm going to give you the assignment. Go Today, everybody has a smartphone and can go online. Go do your research online. Typically, just type in where is Caesarea Philippi or type in Caesarea Philippi space Bashan and find out if I'm telling the truth or not. But that is extremely important because if you know what Bashan is in the Old Testament, this scripture suddenly takes on an entirely different meaning. The first thing you need to understand is that Bashan is a region in Israel that is near the Mount Hermon. The Mount Hermon, according to the book of Enoch, which while not, while not accepted widely as canonical scripture, is quoted by canonical scripture and therefore we can only assume that the bible writers who quoted from the book of enoch at least agreed with its contents historically even if they were not inspired now okay we can take bashan off the screen now um so chris anyway i'll talk about that later so guys please let the test drive not affect my service tonight help me out chrissy it's important that the test drive doesn't affect my service tonight. It's very important. This is not a prayer meeting. This is a, a full service, so I need to concentrate fully on this. Now, um, Bashan is the area, Mount Hermon is the area where the fallen angels who had relations with the daughters of men first landed. It was known, it was a well-known area for supernatural activity of the dark side. It was literally seen as a demonic area. It was it was like it was the equivalent of an evil forest or the or the area around an evil forest in the African tradition. Secondly, Bashan had a very interesting nickname. 
And when I tell you what the nickname is, you will understand where I'm coming from. Bashan's nickname in the days in which Jesus lived was the gates of hell. Or should I say, let me take that back. There was a specific area in the region of Bashan near the mountain range that was known as the gates of hell. In fact, there is a modern day groove there today that is known as the groove or is it the cave or the groove of a God called Pan, P-A-N. So when Jesus mentions the gates of hell, he's not talking about a metaphorical thing like we've been led to believe in our generation. He's specifically making a reference that any Israelite of his day would recognize. He is pointing to a place and a region. If you're with me so far, say amen. Let me know that you're with me so far. This is important. Amen. All righty. Thirdly, when Jesus mentions a rock, as we see later on in this chapter, if you go to Caesarea Philippi today, you will see that rock. The rock was not Peter, certainly not Peter. And unlike I erroneously used to think and perhaps might even have preached, he wasn't primarily talking about the revelation he was given. Now, is this revelation or is, is, is there a prophetic sense in which the revelation of Christ as, right, the Son of God is the rock upon which God builds his church? Yes, that is the sowed interpretation of that scripture. Miranda, you're right, the, that context, exactly. But if you go to Caesarea Philippi today and stand where Jesus stood, you can't miss the rock. It's like going to a Belkuta and somebody says, now Belkuta is a, a Belkuta, let me pronounce it correctly, a Belkuta is a city in the western region of Nigeria in a state called Ogun State. And Abelkota is well known for a particular geographical feature called Oluma Rock. Now, it's a, when I say a rock, it's, it's like a, a mini mountain, but it, it's from one whole shape. So it's called the Oluma Rock. And if you go to an area of Abelkota and you say, look at the rock, everybody knows what rock you're talking about. Does that make sense? It's like if you go to, to London and you say, look at the clock. Everybody knows you're talking about Big Ben, right? Talk to me, somebody. If you go to what? the center of London and you say, upon this bridge, everybody knows you're talking about the Tower Bridge. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? Yes, sir. If you go to the Docklands and you say this river, everybody knows you're talking about the Thames. So when he said this rock, it might have been a mystery to those of us in our generation who are not Hebrew, but to the people who lived in his day, they knew exactly what he was talking about. He was pointing to a particular rock, a particular geographical feature in a particular region that was known colloquially as the gate. That region was called the gates of hell. Does the rest of this passage now seem to make a lot more sense? Yes. Yes, sir. Okay, now let's go back to the passage. Let's go back to the passage. Guys, help me out. Let's go back to the passage. Thank you. So Jesus enters this region, meaning he was not in the region before. 
He was born in Bethlehem. He spent time in Egypt. He grew up in Nazareth and he moved to Galilee. Remember? Let me repeat. He was born in Bethlehem. He was taken to Egypt to hide. He came back and grew up in Nazareth. And around the time of his, of his youth, his family moved to Galilee. So Jesus, now if you, okay, you know what? Let's, I wasn't going to do this, but let me, let's see. Map of Israel in Jesus's time. I just, I, I need to make this visual to you. So now I haven't done this before, so forgive me. I'm going to try and find a map that will do this justice. I'm not sure if the first one I find will work, but let us see, shall we? Because I want you to, okay, cool. So let's see. Let's start with this one. Excellent. Perfect. See, God is good. Someone say God is good. Perfect map. So let's use this one. Let's use this one. Can you see that or do I need to blow it up? Let me try no, to it up. Okay, so now this is a map of what Israel looked like in Jesus's day. I want to point you out a few important areas. First of all, this is Jerusalem here, right? This is the area where David ruled, Jesus was Jesus was killed just on the outside, right? Cool. This is Egypt here. This is Bethlehem. And this is Bethany. They are both just south of Jerusalem. Are you following me? Yes, sir. All right. Yes, sir. Now, there is another Bethany here. But this is very unlikely to have been the one Jesus visited, right? Because it's on the other side of the river. This is Jericho. This is Samaria all the way up there. Can you see that? So when the Bible says he went to Samaria, you see that he took a long trek from Jerusalem. However, this is the area he grew up in, Galilee. And it is called Galilee of the Gentiles for a reason. Because if you were coming out above here, what you can't see in this map is up and to the east here is what we call the Ur of the Chaldees, the Middle East, you know, where Abraham came from and the wider region, in essence, the wider world. And so, in between one superpower, Egypt, right, and the superpowers to the northeast and west, Assyria, Babylon, and the rest of them, Israel is in the middle of a, an important trading route. Can you see? Yes, sir. It'd be like trying to get from the, from the U.S. to the U.K. with no scene between just countries in between. And so when they were coming into this area, and of course, down the side, you can see the, Phil the Philistine cities, Gaza, Ashkelon, Ashdod, Jaffa, and Apollo, right? And so th there was a trade route that went from 
somewhere up here this way it had to pass through galilee and then it would either go to the mediterranean sea or it would come down the side of israel to get into egypt this is why it's called galilee of the gentiles because unlike the south that was very conservative and full-blooded israelite this northern area was one that had a lot of foreign migration and they didn't just travel they settled they married they had children and all that stuff this is samaria this is sikar where jacob's well is is the bible starting to make more sense now this is bethsaida right this is magdala which is why she's called mary magdalene because she's mary from the region of what magdala and that would have made sense as to why she found Jesus. Because remember, Jesus started his ministry here. Are you listening to me? Yes, this is Caesarea Philippi all the way up there. And as I told you, what can you see here? Somewhere called the Mount Hermon. Can you see that I was telling the truth? Come yes, on, y'all. Talk to me. Talk to me. Yes, sir. Is the Bible making a lot more sense? Yes, sir. For those of you on YouTube, if you're just coming yes, in, it's a prayer meeting. Well, it's a consecration journey. So half of everybody is on Zoom so that when we pray together, we can pray together. So the voices you're hearing are from Zoom. And this Mount Hermon is where these fallen angels first descended. This area was known as a demonic activity hub notice what is here someone say damascus 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 is in the assyrian empire in the early days so there's a superpower there now when paul leaves jerusalem all the way down here to go to damascus to arrest jews can you see the journey he's having to take hmm Wow. Also, when the Jews, or when the Christians wow. flee oh Jerusalem and go and hide in Damascus, can you see why it would make sense to run to Damascus? Because you would literally need to be a wicked person to come find them there. But can you also see that if you're going from Jerusalem to Damascus, you will also have to pass through the area of Caesarea Philippi? Can you see? You're going to go up this route, right? And then in that direction. So when the Bible says Paul met Jesus on the road to Damascus, we don't have conclusive evidence, but there is a very high chance that that road passed through Caesarea Philippi. Would you agree? yes sir why am i going through all this it is to make the point jesus had no business in caesarea philippi he grew up in nazareth he ran his ministry in galilee he visits cities like the bible talks about him visiting chorazin and capanum can you see them here right 
he goes to a wedding in Cana. Look at Cana there, right? He goes to Bethsaida, that's just around the corner. And then the rest of his ministry is in places like Samaria. Can you see where Samaria is? Nain, where he, he, he raises the widow's son, that's there, right? Jericho is down there. Emmaus is down there. Jerusalem is down here. Bethlehem is down here. Bethany is down here. Ladies and gentlemen, what is Jesus looking for in Caesarea Philippi? Somebody with me? Yes, sir. The point I'm trying to make is he doesn't find himself in Caesarea Philippi because he doesn't know where he's going or because he's passing through. For instance, the Bible says he had to go through Samaria. Does that make sense? It says he had to go through Samaria when he met the woman at the well. So in essence, he was headed from Galilee where his ministry began to Jerusalem. Can you see why it would make sense to swing through Samaria? If you're going from yes, Galilee yes. to Jerusalem, yeah, you can pass through Samaria. It's on your way. You're just going through. Yeah. But he has no business in Caesarea Philippi. It is not on any of his ministerial routes. He has to go out of his way to get there. Ohio, you got it. This was a very intentional visit. There is a reason he goes all, that's the only time recorded in his ministry where he heads to past the northern boundary or near the northern boundary of Israel. Secondly, you should understand that Caesarea Philippi is technically not within the area that Israel was allotted in the days of Moses. The Bible makes it very clear, and I've taught this before over the last two years, that the grounds of Israel, the land of Israel in the days of the Old Testament was seen as cosmic geography. Yahweh had sanctified this land by tabernacling there. The area all around it was seen as belonging to what? The other gods, remember? Hmm. When the goat was sent into the wilderness, it belonged to Azazel. Can you remember? Azazel being the names of one of the fallen mm. angels. Mm. Mm. This area, Mount Hermon, was known in those days as, or that region as, the gates of hell. Why? Because this was the region where hell entered the world mm -hmm. through. Where you get it, where the demonic angels entered the world through. It was a place the average Israelite wanted to have nothing to do with. Mm. It was also very near the Assyrian border. Jesus goes there. Of all places, this is where okay. Jesus goes when he wants to have this conversation with his disciples. So I think we should pay a very special attention to what he says, because he went a long way to say this. Do I still have your attention? 
Yes, sir. He has gone to the very doorstep of hell's activity. This is an act of provocation. Why? This is an act of provocation. Jesus is, see, he wants, he's trying to set up a fight. He wants hell to hear what he's saying. And he wants hell to hear him say it at its doorstep. Now, there's two levels to this. The first is the act of provocation. And that is the fact that Jesus knows that he needs to be killed. The Bible says that the prince of this world knew they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So he needs to get Satan to assist him. Jesus cannot kill himself. Does that make sense? For the sacrifice of Calvary to have full effect, it had to have satisfied very, uh, let's see, somebody's putting up something. Oh, guys, sorry, for those of you on Zoom, I forgot uh, that I should be checking your chat. So let me see what you're saying so far. Yes, so, okay, so, so now, Delaros, ooh, I wish, you know what? I wish you could put that, can you type that, copy and paste it and type that in YouTube so I could put it on the screen because somebody did the research I asked them to do. And this is what they wrote, right? No, the one earlier on, apparently known as Baal Hermon and Baal Gad in the Old Testament period. Yes, this late, this site was later named, or you did the homework, Panias after the Greek god Pan, who was worshipped there. There is no record of Jesus entering the, in the city itself, but the great confession, meaning Matthew 16, right? and the transfiguration both occurred in the vicinity of that city then known as Caesarea Philippi somebody did the homework I'm proud of you that is exactly correct and so Jesus comes there because one he wants to provoke hell for the sacrifice of Calvary to be uh, to be to be fulfilled properly First of all, Jesus could not have committed suicide, right? Secondly, he had to have been offered up by a high priest as a sacrifice. And thirdly, he had to have been falsely accused to fulfill Old Testament scriptures and crucified on a cross. In essence, it had to have been a very specific type. Guys, I know what I'm doing. A very specific type, right, of death. So he needs to get Satan angry. But secondly, let's look at the rest of the chapter. And now it will begin to make sense. They said, some say, you are John the Baptist. Others say, you are Elias or Elijah. That's Elijah, right? Others call you Jeremiah, and some say you are one of the prophets. Then Jesus looks at them. Now, bear in mind, he's in the vicinity of the gates of hell. He's on Satan's doorstep. He's come to the area that Satan has ruled over before. In essence, this is an act of territorial dominance. He says, but who do you say I am? And then something enters Peter. Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ and the Son 
of the living God. Jesus says, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, meaning Simon, son of Jonah, literally John, for flesh and blood has not... Re now, the phrase flesh and blood in the Hebrew context is a very well-known phrase. It literally means no human being taught you this. You didn't learn this from the rabbis. You didn't learn this from study. You didn't read your Bible and get this by instruction. This was a divine inspiration. Flesh and blood has not revealed it unto you, but my father, and where is my father? In heaven. Jesus then says, makes one statement that causes all sorts. When Jesus said this, so somebody wrote, yes, so when scriptures say, and the righteous shall possess the gates of the, of, of the, the gates of their enemies, exactly. Now, when Jesus makes this next statement, hell goes into, into a craze. First of all, he says, thou art Peter. My gosh. You get it. And in so doing, he paints a target on Peter's back. Thou art Peter. Be very careful when God mentions your name in the vicinity of hell. He's saying, Satan, hello, it's Peter. <laughs> this, the guy who just received this download is Peter. Oh, by the way, Peter is going to be very, very crucial in my plans to destroy your kingdom. Are we now surprised that Satan came after Peter? Literally in the very next in this in the very next the very next few sentences, but also mm -hmm. on the road to the cross. Jesus said to Peter, see, Satan wants to finish you. But don't worry, I prayed for you. You will mm -hmm. fall, you stumble, but when you return, when you're restored, strengthen your brethren. Mm -hmm. Because I prayed for you because I painted a target on your back. Hey. They go hand in hand. When you're going to be a son that establishes government, God will have to shout your name. And that's why we scream about alignment. That's why we cry about purity. That's why we tell you to focus on your walk with God over your, 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 your desire for ministerial or supernatural expression. Because a time will come where Jesus will shout your name and you will have hell's full attention. And if you cannot say like Jesus, the God of this world comes and finds nothing in me, you're in for a rude shock. Are you guys following me? Yes, sir. Right. So the first thing he says is you are Peter. And notice in so doing, he changes his name. Because the, the verse before, he, he starts answering by saying, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona. So he knows Peter's name. Peter's name is Simon. So Delora says, so mad that how one statement and Satan is like, yep, <laughs> exactly. Job, Peter, yep. Now, so he knows Peter's name is Simon. So he's not now we eventually called him peter the same way we call several people by their nicknames 
But he wasn't saying, I will call you Peter. He was saying, you are Peter. Let's look at what the word Peter means. Are you with me so far? This is good, isn't it? Let's look at what Peter means. I told you this is not your average Sunday school class. Look at what, what Peter means. It's the word Petros. Someone say Petros. Petros. Petros means, listen, a rock or a stone. Listen, a piece of a rock. In essence, a small, pretty much a pebble, a fragment. Remember the Bible calls us lively stones, right? Being built up into a spiritual house. It's as if you don't cry out, the stones or the rocks will cry out. Okay, no, no, let me slow down. Let me slow down. Let me slow down. Israel, slow down. See, this is the problem. I, I, I come wanting to say A, B, and C, and I end up being pulled by the Holy Spirit all the way down to Z. So, Let's go to Peter's epistle, 1 Peter chapter 2. This is an epistle that Peter wrote himself. So he should know a thing or two, right? So it says, we should lay aside malice and guile and hypocrisies and envies and evil speakings. Somebody say alignment. Alignment. Notice there's no fornication here. There's no murder here. There's no stealing here. In essence, he's saying the things that you would not necessarily call sin. The things that the average Christian thinks God can tolerate. Malice, guile, hypocrisy, envy, evil speaking. Lay them aside. And as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow. Someone say, desire the word. So as, as, as when your baby desire the milk. Someone say milk. Milk. I don't have time to, to describe the difference between milk and, and strong meat. But th there is a doctrinal curriculum that encourages growth. Can you hear me, somebody? I said yes, there is sir. a doctrinal curriculum for growth. There are many people trying to chew meat who never drank milk. They can hoop, they can shout, they can even preach. But we know you did not drink milk when some things are still in your life. Paul tells us, if I can speak with the tongues of angels and I understand all mysteries and all these things and I don't have a certain kind of character called charity. So we see here, right, that you should put aside these things and drink a particular type of diet right desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow if you have tasted of the lord's grace in essence don't use grace as an excuse for your stupidity if you really have tasted of grace kaya who am i talking to if you really have tasted of grace your response should be to want to step away from certain things not use grace as an excuse to wallow in them he then comes to verse 4. He says, To whom coming as unto a living stone. Someone say living stone. Living, living stone. stone. 
So this Lord is a living stone. Let's look at that phrase in Greek. This is this is outside the context of what I wanted to come to tonight, but you need to I just realized you need to understand this for what I'm about to say to make sense. So indeed as a living stone. The word living is the word zao. It's from the root word zoe. And the word stone is the word lithos, right? Lithos means what? A stone, a building of stones, small stones, but metaphor Christ. Literally a stumbling stone or a millstone. In essence, something heavy. Right? Bible says, if you if you make one of these little ones sin, it's better that you tie a millstone to your neck and be dropped into the sea. So it's a heavy stone. Uh, okay. So you come to him understanding that he is a stone. That stone is disallowed of men, but chosen of God and precious. I could, I could take this several dimensions. Remember, Bob talked about David picking five smooth stones. The word smooth in the Hebrew literally means chosen, right? And it's talking about how God chooses you. He went to the brook to pick five smooth stones. Hebrew for the word chosen. You know how God chooses you? He leaves you in the river for the water and the sediments to wash over you. Does that mm. make sense? And to shape you. Who am I talking to? Mm. And, to and for friction and pain to have its effect on you. Why does the stone have to be smooth? Because it has to be aerodynamic. So when it is shot, right, it can fly straight and its trajectory can be predicted. God doesn't take stones that are not chosen or smooth. Because when he shoots you, he, does, he needs to know that you won't miss. Can I get a witness, somebody? But chosen of God and precious. He then says, you also, as lively stones. Now let's look at that in the Greek. So he is a stone and you are also a stone. Thank you, guys. You also, right, as lively stones. And again, it's the same word, zao lithos or lithos zao. Hold up a second. In essence, he's saying that for his agenda, us and Christ are pretty much identical, not in authority, but in the fact that the human ministry of Christ and the human expectation of us is almost identical. He's a living stone. We are also living stones. So when it says come to him as unto a living stone, knowing that you are living stones, he's basically saying come to him as what? As a example. Someone say an example. An example. Come to him as your template does that make sense yeah come to him as your template and when you come all of you will now be built up as a spiritual house and as a holy priesthood so you can offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to god he then makes it clear in verse 6 that he is the cornerstone. So he, he's on a different level now, right? 
in essence he's the one stone that all the other stones are built around but he is not sufficient for the assignment by himself he's the head where the body what do you call a headless body a monster right but what do you call a bodiless head it's quiet now equally a monster but look here you're being built up as lively stones but you are coming to him as unto literally a lively stone too they changed the word lively lively to living in the greek in the Hebrew, in the english because they were trying to make a distinction but that did a disservice they're the exact same phrase zaolithos in a sense come unto him as one chosen of god and precious but rejected of men meaning that's your path that's your pathway that's the way to become what he wants you to be this is literally saying the exact same thing the bible says when it says looking unto jesus the author and finisher of our faith who for the joy set before him endured the cross and despised the shame from men does that make sense and now is given unto him a name above every other name looking unto him the author and finisher meaning he's the template meaning you have to follow the same procedure are you with me so far are you yes, with sir. me so far somebody yes now the guy who wrote this is the same guy we see here in matthew 16. I wonder where he got the, the, the analogy from of a stone. Could it have been from this exchange with his master? So he's telling Peter, he's not necessarily changing his name legally, although that became Peter's name moving forwards, but he's saying to him, by virtue of what you have just understood, you are now a living stone. Does that make sense? Peter, you now qualify. And everybody like you who will receive this same revelation from my father in heaven. And I said, anybody who will understand that I am the son of God, right? That I am the, that's why salvation is built on that confession, isn't he? Isn't it? That he is Christ, the son of God, he died and he resurrected. In essence, anybody who receives that revelation and reacts to it or responds to it correctly, automatically now becomes a living stone. Petros, Lithos, they are almost exactly the same thing. But then he then says, there's another issue here. So that's you. He then says, and upon this rock. Let's look at the word for rock now, shall we? Mm. Upon this rock. It's the word Petra. It is different. A cliff a ledge, a projecting rock, a crag, rocky ground. Can you see this? Yes, sir. One is talking about a rock you can pick up in your hand or at most a millstone, something heavy, right? But, but, but small in size. The other one is talking about a geographical feature, a ledge, a cliff, a projecting rock, a crag, rocky ground. Does that make sense? Like I told you, he's pointing to something that everybody could see. A rock in that region. 
and he says on this rock which rock the exact spot monsieur delaros where the groove of pan was the exact place that was called the gate of hell he says it is there i want to build my church <laughs> i want geographical and territorial dominion it was a declaration of war So it's a declaration of war. Declaration of war. Declaration of he war. He was saying, I'm going to build my parliament on the spot where hell ruled before. Like the Bible says, where sin abounds, grace abounds even more. He's saying, I'm going to go to the same place, the region. Now, metaphorically, this could be a geographical region, a family, a ministry, a, a an industry. Where Satan governed and ruled is the exact spot where I am going to establish my dominion. And he says, the gates of hell shall not prevail. They will fight, but they will not prevail. There will be a contention. There will be a war. There will be a backlash. He then says, to help you prosecute this war, I will give you the keys of the kingdom. In essence, the ability to function in the authority of heaven and what you bind on earth shall be, meaning is what he's saying is if to use these keys, because in the, in the Hebrew, this literally means what you bind on earth, you will first bind in heaven. What you lose on earth, you will first lose in heaven. He's saying, this is how the keys work. What keys? The keys of dominion. For what reason? To prosecute the declaration of war he's just made. Does that make sense now? Yes. He's saying, this is how it works. If you want to create something on earth, first go into the unseen realm and sort it out. In essence, if you want to stop, the bind means to disallow something on earth. Go and disallow it in the heavens. And if you want to lose something on earth, go and lose it in the heavens. Go and allow it in the heavens. And to do this, you need keys. Somebody say keys. Keys. Who gets keys. the keys? Right? People who have become living stones. Who can be built up into a spiritual or as i like to call it an apostolic house in a great house of many vessels we'll come to that in the next few months but notice when he says thou art peter i told you he's referring or peter explains this to us here in second peter chapter two and in second peter chapter two right he specifically says we come to him as unto a living stone so second Peter chapter two, we come to him as unto a living stone. Mm -hmm. What's going on? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Where am I? Sorry, first Peter chapter two, sorry. First Peter chapter two. We come to him as unto a living stone, having put aside these things, having submitted to alignment and desire to grow in the milk of the word and tasted that the lord is gracious right so there's a process you put aside certain things you grow 
and you taste, meaning there must be some experience here. That person now qualifies to come as a living stone onto a living stone. In essence, Jesus becomes now not just a leader, but the example. Well, let's backdate that analogy or that revelation, shall we? If Jesus is not just the leader, but the example, what does Peter say Jesus is? He says, you are the Christ. There is only one Christ. However, what does the word Christ mean? It means anointed one. Now, I know some of you who are very religious who want to stone me for blasphemy. Calm down. There is only one capital C, Christ. But the word Christ means anointed one. So, there is only one Messiah who fulfilled that office, yes. But is there only one anointed person on the earth today? Talk to me. Is there only one anointed person on the earth today? Zoom, don't leave me hanging. You don't want them to stone you too. You know they're going to come for me when no, I say sir. this, right? No, sir. There are several. Yeah. So yes, while sir. there is only one big C Christ, the Messiah who died for us, the office of the Christ, meaning the administrator of the anointing, is now an example for us. In essence, we can now become small C Christians, right? Meaning like Christ, because that anointing is now open to us. In essence, that dimension of operation is now available to everyone who pays the price. Would you agree? These guys are scared. They they they, they don't they don't. They, yes. They're like they're like the man has put the screenshot. They can see our faces on the yes, screen sir. and our names. They'll shoot us too. No. Yes, sir. <laughs> He's now an example. Secondly, the Son of the Living God. Doesn't the same Bible say, "As many as are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God." Unto us children are born, but unto us sons are given. In essence, Jesus was telling Peter when he called him Petros. He was telling him, you now get to become an extension of me. You now get to become an extension of me. You two can now function in this office. And what's the office? To look for trouble. He's basically saying, I'm starting a war today by coming to this location to make this declaration that I expect you to win. I'm going to fire the first shot, but I'm going to leave the scene. And that's why the book of the Acts of Apostles comes immediately after the Gospels. The book of the Acts of Apostles were the, were the disciples' journey to winning a war that Jesus began. But he says you need keys. You're going to have to bind, you're going to have to lose. And what's the war? I'm coming to the place where hell ruled, and there I will build my church. I'll build my ecclesia, my senate, my parliament. I'll function from the spot you controlled. There will be an act of territorial dominance. Ladies and gentlemen, 2023 is the year where this process begins in a new level in our generation. There are living stones. 
that God is about to raise. Can I get a witness, somebody? This is the mystery behind men and ministries, like we've heard several times, like the late prophet Ayababalala. There are what I call maintenance ministries, and then there are confrontational ministries. And every time, you know, one of one of my mentors, you know, I, I say this all the time, uh, Reverend Celia is not my spiritual mom, she's my mom, right? Literally, there's, there's people who I have a relationship with that transcend spirituality. She's literally mom, right? I mean, mom, she, you know, I don't wanna make everybody else jealous, but every so often she cooks and brings for us to eat. You know, the same way Pastor Musa is not a spiritual dad, he's literally dad, right? The relationship goes beyond spirituality. It's, it's now become a, a, a life thing, right? It's a relationship. In essence, if there was no church, no ministry, no spirituality, the dynamics of our relationship are pretty much almost biological in nature. Mama Celia says something that every time she says, I cringe. And, it, and, and I used to think to myself, why does she keep announcing this? It's true, but doesn't she know she's doing exactly what Jesus did at Caesarea Philippi? Every time she introduces me to minister, talks about me, she will say, this man is built for confrontation. I'm like, you are literally painting a target on my back, mama. But it took me a while to realize she knew exactly what she was doing. There are men that are built for confrontation. They're not built to be shepherds primarily or to maintain the kingdom. They're deployed when God wants to expand his territorial jurisdiction. It could be a city, a nation, a family. It could be an industry, a, a, a way of life, a culture. Whenever God wants to establish his ecclesia and extend it, in essence, whenever God wants to colonize a territory, geographical or systemic, right? He has this conversation. He goes to Caesarea Philippi. He paints a target on your back. He leaves you keys and he says, go my boy, go my girl. And if you don't understand what just happened, you've been in trouble. If you don't understand when such seasons occur, and that's why I have been screaming since the start of this year, this is not the time for conflicts and milk. It's not the time for rice and chicken plenty, plenty, or rice and stew, RSVP. We used to joke in Nigeria, when somebody gives you an invitation, say RSVP, they mean rice and stew very plenty. This is not the time to be enjoying and wiling out. This is a time for serious business because I am warning you that for many of us, you are the Petros that Jesus went to Caesarea Philippi and provoked hell and called your name. But the flip side is that there are keys being given. In essence, now you can lock the heavens and you can open the heavens. There is an upgrade of apostolic authority coming to the church. And I don't mean those of us who are preachers alone. I mean normal everyday believers, housewives, house husbands, uh, carpenters, painters, CEOs, footballers, sportsmen, across the entire spectrum, God is raising a generation of apostolic believers and it is to them he's handing keys. This, is, this doesn't go to everybody who goes to church. This is to people who can say that they have surrendered to the process to become a lively stone. 
he says you are now alive this stone i can in essence there is a church emerging within the church it is the conglomeration of these lively stones they are in different ministries different denominations some are in kingdom culture some are in redeemed some are in winners some are in healing whatever it is but across the spectrum god is building one spiritual entity in this season for men and women who understand what i've just spoken to you about it's because I've been I've been wrestling with God for the last two weeks. I have not been released to release a prophetic word. It would seem that the things God has shown me for what's coming in this year, I don't yet have the permission to release. So this is the closest I may have, unless God updates that. But so far, He's told me no. Maybe He's waiting for this season of fasting and prayer to end. But every time I've wanted to sit in front of a camera and record a prophetic word for the year, God says not yet. I don't have a release. So see this as the closest thing to one so far. This is what's coming. There are men and women in this season who are going to receive the keys to unlock and close the heavens as we prosecute territorial confrontations in the spirit. Who am I talking to, somebody? But remember that there will be this is an act of provocation, and like Peter, hell will pay attention. let me end today as we go into prayer by showing you what jesus says when this conversation is complete the bible says then he charged his disciples that they should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ in essence he's saying this is not for everybody this conversation we've just had is not for the masses it's for the initiated I have a question to you tonight are you the masses oh Reverend Gideon good to see you my brother are you the masses or are you the initiated 2023 will show whether you are the masses or you are the initiated if you are the initiated God starting from January is going to begin a series of dealings that are designed to make you a lively stone and let me repeat being a lively stone has three components to it component one is that you have been chosen like David's stones through the attrition of the brook, through the washing of the water of the word and the life of the spirit, you become smooth. So when you are short, you can travel aerodynamically. God will not use arrows he has not processed in this season. Number two means that like Peter, first Peter 2 we saw already, that you come to him as a living stone with you as a living stone meaning Jesus becomes the example it means he's the big C Christ you become the small C Christian it means you become an anointed one a son of the living God 
Number three means that you are being built into a spiritual house. It means that there is a process of community activation. So for instance, you may be growing up in kingdom culture in London or in fortress ministries in Jos. You may have Israel Illumide Siave as your apostolic leader or Gideon Odoma as your apostolic leader, but you look beyond that and understand that globally God is building a spiritual house. And what do you do with a house? You live in it, in essence. You are being built into a structure that God can inhabit to function in the earth. For those of you who like movies, you're being built as a kaiju suit that God can wear. And why does God want to wear the kaiju suit? Because there are sea monsters at Bashan, at Caesarea Philippi, that he needs to battle. In essence, you are now being fitted as a, 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 a cyborg that God... So we're all being built into this mega cyborg in the spirit that heaven can enter and wear in a clash for territorial dominion god doesn't just want to listen 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 god doesn't just want a token representation out of every nation tribe creep and tongue that's true but he wants the kingdoms of this world to also be called the kingdoms of our god and meaning he wants to wage war he wants to establish dominion over nations cities and systems and so it means you can be trusted with keys because you are going to lock the heavens so that you can lock the earth or loose the heavens so you can loose the earth Ladies and gentlemen, this is our journey this year. I said this is our journey this year. Everything we have been studying for the last two plus years, everything we have been looking into, the 40, 45 days it is written, the weeks of apostolic emphasis, the kingdom congresses, everything, the prayer meetings, all that has been building and while God has been doing this with us in this house he's been doing the same thing with several houses around the world because there is about to be a deployment of an apostolic breed of believer that will accomplish more in the next 10 years than the old quote-unquote style church has accomplished in the last hundred see God will get more done in the next 10 years than in the last hundred years of the church why because there is a breed of believers called living stones and when we start from next week this curriculum about apostolic ministry i want you to keep this in mind it is not about building a signboard and an organization it is about constructing a structure that heaven can inhabit to accomplish this purpose having said that for those of you on zoom i want you to lift up your voice with me our prayer point should be clear tonight father find me a living stone that can be built into a spiritual house open your mouth and pray father find me as a living stone open your mouth and pray somebody Sheble turia brando stabrakiando snebrenie ketali 
Zebrenumbra quatevre to bonambre iketi beliada. Zebreturiam vranun, zebrekiantos nabrandis carabadiata. Rocoria babronon, zebrekiantos nabrata. Elberi curacata masse correke nambraca. I will put aside these things. I will desire the milk of the world. I will grow. I will taste of your graciousness. I will come unto you as unto a living stone. I will be built. I will be built into a spiritual house. I will be a Petros. Manturia. I will be an anointed one. I will be known as a son of the living God. I will receive keys to the kingdom, to the divine authority. I will bind and loose that heaven may find expression tonight. Zika voto va viva vuva bayaka teva vatoa vevonte velita vanto voriata va evrontoze vrakunam pretika zebre runde zigreduz da vrakada jabre koraile pronansi ke petonika antoponika talika zibre koriata va vretus ke penantos ke penantos ke petinaila rukatia tabwa aruket evranus ke betia zibra Nothing will stand in my way in this season. Rekete vratus kabatiete zibratoria kabra zebre konan zebre kitemento idebelentoria kuria I receive grace. Ishabatwane matia zebre komon mantori kaba zebre kuriete zebre korabata zebre koran zebre kistebrea lebre konan jabatwa jabatwa jab. Thank you for choosing me. Thank you for choosing me. Thank you for choosing me. Thank you for brooding in me in ways that flesh and blood. Now hear me by the Spirit. If you will enter this economy, there will be things that flesh and blood will not have, will not be able to reveal to you. In essence, if you have not been ready to pay the price to deal directly with God in deep waters, if you have not been ready to pay the price of consecration, to have conversations, help me, Holy Ghost, help me. Quickly, let's come to Exodus chapter 33. Yeah. Exodus 33. Ekonama dietelia. So Exodus 25, sorry, not 33. Exodus 25. Exodus 25. Let's go there real quick. Sholabaria kinando sebredi. So God is talking about what? A house. What's this house? A tabernacle. The same thing he says we're being built in a spiritual house. This is the Old Testament reality. So he gives all these instructions. And then he gets to a place called the Holy of Holies. He talks about an ark. Right? He talks about a mercy seat. About the cherubim. 
this is a depiction of the heavenly courtroom in verse 22 he says listen listen everybody listen he says there i will meet with you somebody say encounters somebody say encounters encounters somebody say encounters Encounters. But encounters are not enough. They are not an end in themselves. Listen, I will meet with you and I will commune. Somebody say commune. Commune. Now, commune. I want to show you God's example of communion. Come to Genesis 18. So God says, when you build it correctly, in the Old Testament, it was a tabernacle. In the New Testament, it says, we are the stones being built into this house. He says, when you build it correctly, I can come and encounter and commune. Let's see what God means by communion. So he comes to Abraham. He speaks about Sodom and Gomorrah. Well, first of all, he deals with Abraham going to have a child, right? So he deals with Abraham's need. What have I done here? He deals with Abraham's need. Then after he's dealt with Abraham's need for a child, he then talks about his business. What's going on? His business, which is the fact that he's about to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And when this entire process has happened, I want you to look at what the Bible says in verse 33. And the Lord went his way. Listen, as soon as he had left communing with Abraham can you see the word communing can you see the word communing somebody yeah what did God define communing as debating with a man concerning his plans for a region this was communion God says can I hide from Abraham that which I am going to do seeing he shall be a great and mighty nation listen and he will command his household after him they will all keep the way of the Lord that the Lord may bring upon Abraham which he has spoken and the Bible says when this process was complete can you see this ladies and gentlemen when this process was complete when they had finished discussing and negotiating concerning a region the bible says the lord left as soon as or the lord went his way as soon as he had done communion with abraham listen and abraham returned unto his what place if i had time to show you that word place in the hebrew you would see that it's not just talking about a physical location listen to me this is what it means Abraham when you tell somebody know your place or stay in your place what do you mean what do you mean talk to me somebody recognize your levels recognize your level there are times where God elevates you so there is God Almighty and there's humanity this is our place he is high we are low right the heavens belong to him he's given us the earth his ways are far above our ways that's our place but there are moments where God says you know what come up hither where God says for this moment you're no longer just a son let's discuss as friends it'd be like your boss at work asking you for advice 
And when that interaction is over, you return to your place. You don't, you don't, you don't, you don't. So, for instance, your boss's name is Israel. So, if I'm your boss, because I ask you for your opinion, after work, you don't say, ah, easy, where are we going for lunch today? Does that make sense? You can balance reverence with partnership. This is God's definition of communion. And He wants to do it in the house He's building. So, there are conversations God is going to be having with men and women about matters of national, international, family, systemic, industry-wide significance. I want you to cry and say, Lord, don't pass me by. Open your mouth and pray. Say, Lord, do not pass me by. Lift up your voice and pray. Bella, lead us in prayer. Over back to you on Zoom, if you're still there. Lead us in prayer. Lord, do not pass me by. Tell him. I want to be included in this economy, whatever it will take or cost. Bell, over to you. Whatever it will take or cost, you have begun this journey. Finish it with me. Father, do not pass me by. In this season, as you have bringing me closer, do not pass me by. Do not pass me by. Come on, I want us to pray and say, Father, do not pass me by. Do not pass me by. For creation is waiting. For creation is waiting. For the sons and daughters of the most valiant. La Puriandas Nebre Kuriati Baliata. Do not pass me by, Lord. Do not pass me by. Elovro Ningwatali Kuria Bata. Here I am a to Fantele <laughs> Orian <laughs> 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 
thank God as you take us in this season for the sons with the heart for if the heart is broken go to war but if the heart is broken how can we go to war For there is so much that he longs to share with his people in the secret place. Father, give us the grace to come up higher. Give us the grace to come up higher. As we have digested what has been said today, this is an appointment and this is a call. But some of us, we are waiting for that fancy moment where we are being appointed a call. But I beseech you this evening that this is a call to come up higher. This is a call to take that spirit of agitation and agitate the four corners of this earth. Agitate strategies and infrastructures. Agitate institutions. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Father, let this be the moment of your glory. Amen. For in the days of your power, your people shall be willing. Find us worthy. Find us ready. Find us willing and engaged and active in the name of Yeshua we pray somebody clap your hands all you people and shout unto God with a voice of triumph come on hallelujah hallelujah alrighty now I want you to listen to me folks I have a very interesting uh announcement to make so first off for those of you who don't know um and in this season i am unashamed about it right i am not ashamed about it in fact i am actually aggressive about it 
Every Thursday at 7 p.m., there is a special prayer meeting that goes on in prayer culture. And it is a prayer meeting for, for one person and one family. And you're looking at the person. 9 p.m. So at 9 p.m., sorry. 9 p.m., sorry. Sorry, not 7. So at 9 p.m. every Thursday, there's a prayer meeting for me uh, and for my family. And in this season, I'm very unashamed about the need for it. Because like I just explained to you, um, when Jesus says, Thou art Peter, expect hell to take attention or take notice and pay you attention. So the first thing I want to do is I want to plead for those of you who are part of our family, virtually, if you can make it, it's the same. Chris, it's the same prayer room, isn't it? Yeah, same Zoom so room. So it's yeah. the same Zoom room for the rest of the prayer culture, uh, prayer room. And for those of you who don't know, prayer culture is a non-apostolic uh, hub, a non-denominational apostolic hub of people from several ministries, several countries. Many of them are pastors and leaders of ministries in their own rights. Uh, and we, we come together for strategic collaboration, fellowship, and equipping around the areas of strategic prayer and intercession. And in this year, we have a lot of business to do. And so prayer culture gathers together three times a day. Uh, let's just run them through real, real quick. 6.30 a.m. UK time. These are all UK time every morning. It's a corporate devotional called Morning Drops of Glory. Uh, and then 12 noon every day UK time is called The Gap. We intercede for nations, cities, regions, the will of God and the body of Christ around the world. Uh, on in the evenings at 7 p.m. it's called the altar we pray for revival reformation for needs healing deliverance and things of that nature but when we have consecration journeys or weeks of apostolic emphasis or conferences obviously we use the altar slot and then twice a week on fridays and tuesdays at 11 p.m uk time the press is what i call the open source the gethsemane watch you come you press you pray it's a place of migration where men and women who want to press into more of god and have more of god pressed out of them come to do business uh, uh, and so the, the 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 zoom details are on the screen that's cutt.ly and ZL, Chrissy, can we? I told him to adjust the font to make it clear that that L is an L, not an I. Uh, we need to do that real quick. But those are all L's there. Anything that looks like an I or an L is an L. Uh, and so that's the Zoom room. That's where some of you are right now. If you look at your screen, you will see that there are some people uh, who are not on YouTube with the rest of you, not on Facebook with the rest of you, not on the podcast stream with the rest of you. They are actually on Zoom it's that's the that's the place that's the prayer culture apostolic hub zoom room now it's the same zoom room where this prayer happens every thursday i am pleading with you in this season if this platform blesses you if you're part of this family virtually or in person um the bible says smite the shepherd and the sheep will scatter i am aware that satan has plans this year for me does that make sense He's had plans for the last 32 years I've been walking with God. But more than ever, I am aware I have been privy to the whisperings of hell. Please pray for me. And if you can attend this every Thursday at 9 p.m. for an hour, more than any amount of money you can give me, this would bless my heart. But secondly, if you are a guest here, if you are just passing through 
tonight if somebody invited you and you're part of another community and you're just here for the day please pray for your leaders in this season whoever the men and women who have been set over you in this hour are please pray please 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 pray thirdly if you were not called into ministry and you called yourself this year would be a good year to excuse yourself and I say that with no apology. If you came into ministry for any other reason than a valid commissioning of God, if you came because you liked the attention, you thought there was money, you didn't like your old pastor, you thought you could do it better, if you cannot point to a valid divine commissioning, do not be ashamed. Exit stage left this year. This is not the season to be on the front lines if you do not have heaven's promise to be with you. Gerard, I'm not laughing, son. I'm serious. I know it sounds funny, but I'm serious. And, and, and to everyone who will have the decency and the humility to hear me and say that applies to me, God will bless you. And to those of you who decide to follow through on your hubris and ego, you will find out the hard way by the time this next 24 months are over, right? But this is not a time for, for not called men and women or listen, incompletely, God may have called you like Moses. There may be a call on your life, but you are still Moses at 40, not Moses at 80. You have not yet allowed Midian have its work in you, right? This is not the year for you. Amen? And so to that end, tomorrow evening, being a Thursday, we will combine the normal 9 p.m. and the 7 p.m. together. In essence, we will be praying for leaders in the body of Christ tomorrow. So, Chrissy, it's an instruction I received today. I didn't have enough time to pass it on to you. But everyone who's part of prayer culture, especially those who are on the road to tomorrow, I am not going to lead the whole of tomorrow. I'm going to lead a prayer slot like everybody else. But tomorrow, we're going to pray for apostolic leaders in the body of Christ. If you're part of the Kingdom Culture family, I would be that person to you. But we're going to pray for not just me, but maybe using me as a point of reference, but for others around the world, there is a need for covering for apostolic leadership in this season. And we are dedicating tomorrow from 7 p.m. to at least 8.30, maybe till 9 p.m. for that purpose. We're going to pray for pastors, for leaders, for apostles, for prophets for ministry leaders, for disciples, for every man or woman who, for marketplace apostolic and prophetic voices, for every man and woman who has a Matthew 16 assignment in this moment, we're going to lift up our voice and pray for heaven to answer, cover, protect, and furnish and equip them. And if you think that's a good idea, somebody shout amen. Of course, this Saturday, I said somebody shout amen. Okay, evidently those of you on Zoom don't seem to think it's a good idea. Amen. 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 This amen. Saturday to end, the, to end the consecration journey, we are gathered at the God's Tabernacle Ministries in Hollow. Like I said, Hollow is the city where I live. This is my own personal Jerusalem. We're gathered here for 12 hours of prayer on the 14th on this Saturday from 10 a.m. in the morning. If you can come in person, we'd love to see you. If not, you can connect online. But if you can come in person, especially for those of you who are part of prayer culture, come on down. Let's do this together in person. Let's grind the gears of the spirit. Let's end this in style. 
of course the fact that we end the corporate consecration journey doesn't mean you should end your private one between now and the end of february we heard that we've heard that several times i said it apostle gideon said it when he came prophetically there was a window open and this is the time to press into god in the fullness of his grace while he may be found this is not a time to eat and drink anyhow and anywhere it's not a time to attend parties every how and anywhere it's a time to do serious business with god amen and on that note we come to an end of tonight amen. if you are led or instructed or understand the reason why you should give because sometimes you don't need a supernatural instruction the details are on your screen um again we want to thank everybody who is a part of this family especially those of you who are tithers regular givers and or kingdom culture financial kingdom builders financial partners your sacrifice is not unnoticed like i said we punch far above our weight financially it doesn't make sense that a house our size should be able to do the things we can do and we do it because of your stewardship and i want you to know that every blessing that is accruable to anything we do for and in god you are a shareholder in and this year i command the heavens over your lives to open in strange and pleasant ways i declare that this year you will see the goodness of god and his glory shall be seen upon you in jesus name as we leave tonight Amen. Stick long enough to pray until you feel a release when you do so or if you want to carry on when the stream ends as you see at the bottom of our screen the prayer culture uh, zoom room is open that's the room where you can see these wonderful people in right now you can just slide into there and that's open 24 7. you can come in day or night pray and be part of people praying and just take your walk with god to the next level love you see you take care bless you bye bye
Yeah. 
No matter what comes my way. 